0: For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news, from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along, with me by the bright shiny light of the
1: moon, on Overtime Media.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jay Kokorowski, senior writer, alongside editor, recruiting analyst, Extraordinaire John McNamara here in the Vivid Seats studio. And of course, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first time customers only. It's been busy, and that's why we haven't necessarily heard from us since last week for the podcast. A couple big commitments. We're gearing up for National Signing Day, the early signing period that starts on Wednesday. More on that from this podcast coming up there. Also, basketball. So we'll talk about. Greg guards five and five team coming up after the break, but first we want to get to the big 2021 commitments. We're talking about the 2020 class later this week. We'll have some player interviews Wisconsin's class from based off a of president. We believe they're going to, most of them are going to sign it during this signing period, but John, two big commitments for the next class, both close to home, one in state, one just across the state borders in illinois in io in uh io at a and brian sanborn that's now seven commitments for the class of 2021
1: yeah and you know right now if you look at it they have uh the number eight recruiting class in the country for 2021 um you know history will tell us that that probably doesn't uh stay you know at number eight or in the top 10 but you know a, a pretty good start uh, for Wisconsin, like you mentioned, Jake, they have seven commits right now, which is, you know, if you look at the rest of the, you know, top 25 and even beyond that, that's that's a pretty high number. So, you know, that's a credit to the coaching staff for identifying guys early and, you know, getting them on campus and, you know, beginning that process with them. And, you know, then obviously with some of the guys that they have right now, are they closing the process with them? Um, it, it helps when you have the talent uh, from inside the state. You know, you look at uh, Loyal Crawford, who's committed already, Jackson Acker, um, J.P. Benchall, and obviously now, uh, you know, Ayo Adebogan who, who just committed. So, you know, it, it like I said, it helps when you have talent in your own backyard that you can, you know, identify early, get on campus, you know, a handful of times and then lock up their commitment. So a real good start to the 2021 class. And like you said, uh, it was a really good weekend for them, specifically at the linebacker position.
0: Absolutely. And looking at uh, Bogan, three-star recruit, 5.7 rating according to Rivals. Only one offer, which was from Wisconsin back in late September, though based off of his Twitter, appeared he did visit Notre Dame during the fall. But look at the numbers. According to Wisports.net, 31 tackles for loss, 16 sacks for Homestead from the Mequon area. All First team All-State by the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. Second team by the Associated Press. And you talked about keeping another kid in state in Wisconsin's 2021 class. It seems really well built up like the 2020 class. I think so, too. When we talked about it. You know, I think even earlier this year, talking about the the depth within the state in terms of talent. But, John, where do you believe I.O. will project at the next level?
1: Yeah, he plays defensive end in high school. And I got a chance to talk to his defensive coordinator uh, Sunday night. And, you know, he talks about the reasons why he's, he's up there. Um, you know, his philosophy essentially is that, you know, he, he wants to play his best guys, you know, as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. And, um, you know, he's not undersized there at the high school level. You know, 6'3", 215 pounds uh, to be an edge guy with your hand in the ground. You know, that's that's not abnormal. Um, and, you know, obviously he had a ton of production there with, with the sacks, uh, with, with 17, the tackles. Uh, so, you know, he had a great season there. But Wisconsin projects him to play outside linebacker. Um, and if you look at the size, you know, in that 3-4 defense, you know, a guy who's right now 6'3", 215, you know, maybe next year he's, you know, six-three, six-four, you know, 220, 20, 25 pounds, you know, that that's kind of that ideal fit uh, at outside linebacker. You know, looking at his film, because he plays defensive end, you don't see a lot of him, you know, going into coverage or, you know, moving a ton, uh, you know, in, in space in terms of, you know, picking up a back out of the backfield or, or doing stuff. Uh, you know in that regard but uh, you know just the the motor uh, his coach talked about his get off was kind of second to none Uh, and then just tracking plays Um, you know I got a chance to see him live too I think when they played Port Washington um, you know his ability to just you know follow the play and finish off tackles uh, really kind of sets him apart so you know it'll be interesting to see how that transition goes and then you know talking to his coach as well you know, he thinks that he's not done growing. So, you know, he could be a guy, starts at defensive end in high school, moves to outside linebacker, Wisconsin, and then, you know, continues to grow. And maybe he moves back to defensive end. You know, he talked about maybe him, you know, getting to six foot five and, you know, 260, 265 pounds. You know, he, he thinks he has some characteristics of a guy who's not done growing. So um, I, I wrote in our, you know, commitment analysis piece, you know, he has to be one of the more intriguing one of the more high upside guys that Wisconsin has committed right now. Uh, he's just a really interesting prospect who's pretty raw, uh, but his ceiling is extremely high.
0: With that too, looking at this team, I mean, you already talked a little bit about that, just some characteristics and, and something that you you know you saw when you were you caught him at a game earlier this year as part of BadgerBlitz.com's co- coverage. What else stood out about him in that game, and even post game during the interview with him?
1: Yeah, you know, just that first step that his coach talked about as well. Um, his burst off the ball is 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 pretty special. Uh, and just kind of like I said, like his coach talked about, you know, him tracking plays and him not giving up on plays really, you know, allows probably a guy to go go from you know eight or nine to ten sacks to you know sixteen, seventeen what he had. You know, he doesn't give up on plays. Um, you know, just off the field, you know, in the interview that I had with him and you know my my interactions with him. Uh, you know, asking him if he you know could spare a couple minutes to to get a story up on the site. You know, very soft-spoken kid, extremely polite, uh, super humble. You know, his recruiting process really, uh, you know, kind of came out of the blue. Uh, it, it was it happened really quickly. You know, he was a guy that I you know when he was offered, we didn't have a profile made for him, so uh, you know he was you know really lightly recruited. And the story his coach gave me was that you know he went up against against Joe Brunner of Whitefish Bay who. Uh, is a lineman in the 2022 class that Wisconsin's already offered. So Wisconsin was watching tape of him. Uh, they saw, you know, uh, I.O. go up against him, and they really liked his stuff. They got him on campus. They offered, I think, a week later. And now, you know, in December, they have a commitment from him. So uh, kind of a cool recruiting story. Like you mentioned, no other offers, but, you know, he had some interest from Notre Dame, Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan State. Uh, but, you know, w- once Wisconsin kind of locks on a, a kid pretty early like that, they offer first. Uh, You know, especially from a kid from Homestead. They've had uh, a lot of kids go through that program that that went to Wisconsin. So there's a pretty good history there. So, you know, once that offer came in, I think the writing was kind of on the wall uh, that Wisconsin was out to an early lead. They probably wrapped things up pretty quickly for him.
0: Now, just a couple days earlier from today, Brian Sanborn going across state borders to Lake Zurich, Illinois, announces his commitment to Wisconsin. Three-star kid, 5.6 rating per rivals. Number twenty inside linebacker in the nation, and number seventeen within the state of Illinois had fourteen offers and of course he's the younger brother of Jack Sanborn. John, are you surprised by the early commitment that Brian gave where kind of i didn't foresee this necessarily happening happening so quickly but but were you surprised by how early he verbally committed
1: um not necessarily, but you know in you know, the times that I talked to him and, you know, other people from our network and the Rivals Network, when they talked to him, uh, you know, he was very adamant about, uh, you know, making it clear that I'm going to follow my own path. You know, obviously, you know, his older brothers is is something that's going to factor in his, his decision. But, you know, he made it a point to say that, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion that I'm going to Wisconsin, you know I'm going to weigh my options. Um, and, you know, like you said, I think that, Maybe he committed earlier than some people would have expected, but, you know, in the end, I think, you know, Wisconsin was the, the leader from the very start. Um, you mean, know, obviously you get a, a good look at Brian once you were recruiting Jack, and, um, you know, I had a chance to go down to Lake Zurich to watch Jack when he was a senior, and, you know, just kind of talking to some people in the stands before the game, you know, they, they ask, you know, what are you doing here? I said, you know, I'm, I'm taking getting some film with Jack Sanborn, and, um, you know, this is what I do, and they said, you know, a few guys said this, they said, you know, he's got a little brother who a lot of people think that is just, you know, is going to be, you know, as heavily recruited as Jack is. And, you know, his name's Brian. He's he wasn't playing on the varsity team that that year. I think he was on JV, but, you know, a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I did not talked to a ton of people, but, you know, the people around me thought that he had a really, really bright future. And, you know, now we are with him making his commitment to Wisconsin. So, um, you know, I'm not super surprised that he committed this early because, uh, you know I think Wisconsin was you know the leader from the very start but um, you know like I said he he really made it a point to say he was going to look at some other options and I, I think he did, but in the end uh, you know I think Wisconsin uh, he knew was going to be the place for him and you know he'll get a chance to play one year with his brother you know Jack will be a senior and he'll be a freshman and um, it'll be interesting to see if those two ever got in the field together uh, for a few reps in a couple years.
0: John, you mentioned a little bit about his game, but what what stands out to you about his abilities and how could that translate to Wisconsin's defense in the future?
1: Yeah, you know when you when you look at him and you look at his brother, I think you try to say, "You know, I don't want to just go into this thinking he's going to be exactly like Jack." Um, but I, I think there's a lot of similarities there. I think, you know, having seen Jack live, and then obviously, you know, you see him on TV, you see him. You know all the stuff that he does at Wisconsin. I think Jack might be a little bit longer, just in terms of his you know arm span, and you know he might be an inch or two taller as well. Um, but Brian, you know, I think he has a lot of similarities to his older brother. You know, a really polished high school player, uh, a physical guy, um, you know, a guy with some great burst, and you know, a violent hitter. And you know, those are all the things that Jack had as well. Uh, I think he definitely projects to to the middle to that inside linebacker position. Um, and like I said, I think he's you know if you look at him and, and Io, you know he I think Brian is more of a finished I shouldn't say a finished product, but you know maybe doesn't have as high of ceiling as a guy like Io does. I think you know what you're seeing right now is is maybe what you're going to get down the road. Um, you know he's a really really productive high school player. He'll be a three year varsity starter. And you know I wrote about it in our commitment pieces. You know, he's kind of like his brother and maybe a guy like Leo Chanel, where he, you know, isn't going to transform his body, you know, with a year in the the strength and conditioning program. Now, everyone's going to make gains in that program. But, uh, you know, he's a guy because of that, you know, maybe he can play as a true freshman, you know, just like Jack did. Um, You know, I don't see his body changing all that much. Again, you know, everyone who goes to that program is going to see some some positive gains. But he's not going to be a guy that puts on 20, 30 pounds of muscle And then, you know, he just looks like a different person. I think he's more of a finished product in that regard. And, and, you know, I think that might allow him to play early, you know, potentially on special teams just like Jack did as as a true freshman.
0: No, I mean, we talked about the seven verbal commitments for this class already. You mentioned already, John, just the rankings so far in this 2021 class. But who else should fans know? And obviously these are high school juniors at the moment, but who should – Wisconsin fans know about in terms of upcoming 2021 targets. I'm guessing that starts with in-state safety Hunter Waller, who was named the AP player of the year if I'm not mistaken, along with another younger brother of a current Badger, that would be four-star offensive tackle Nolan Rucci.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh it starts with Hunter Waller and, you know, he is and has been for a while Wisconsin's top priority in the 2021 recruiting class. I can, I can say that with, you know, almost certainty, um, after speaking with some people, um, you know, you know, especially at this point right now with the guys they have committed, Wohler is their, you know, top priority moving forward. You know, obviously, you know, things, uh, with him being an in-state kid are, he makes him even more of a priority. Uh, you know, he is, uh, he's He's just a special football player, and you know that's why Ohio State's coming with an offer, Notre Dame, Michigan, you know you have LSU in Alabama, Stanford kind of sniffing around there. Um, you know, keeping him inside the state is gonna be a challenge. Um I, I know that Wisconsin he feels very good about you know where he stands with Wisconsin, how he's feeling about Wisconsin. I know there's a draw for him to stay home you know, play, you know, in front of his friends and family. I know Wisconsin, you know, with Jim Leonard leaving that charge has has done a very good job, but, you know, there's certainly an appeal, I think, uh, for for him to go to Ohio State. Uh, The Buckeyes have made him a top priority. You know, they have identified him and, um, you know, they haven't just offered. They've really followed through with, you know, contacting him and, you know, being involved in that process. They got out to see, I think, one of his playoff games, um, you know, when they were making that run to the state title, uh, this past fall. So I think Wisconsin and Ohio state will be there till the very end. Um, in, you know, if, if his offer sheet kind of holds as where it is right now, um, I think he'll end up at one of those two schools. So, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with him. He's, he's a special talent from inside the state. Um, you know, I can't think of a safety product, a prospect, but really a, a defensive back, um, in the last, you know, 10 plus years that is, uh, at, at the caliber of Hunter Waller from inside the state. So, you know, keeping him would be huge, but, you know, there's there's a lot of competition for his services.
0: Now, I was going to save us for the end, but we got obviously the early signing period for the 2020 class coming up starting this Wednesday. John, just some, what are some of the things that fans can expect from us? And obviously this podcast, we're going to have at least one more episode this week with at least one more player. Uh, we're talking with Cole Dakovich from Waukesha Catholic Memorial to jump on the, sh- you know, jump on the podcast for the 2020 early signing period edition. But what should fans expect from us and, and what we'll deliver in terms of analysis profiles, et cetera.
1: Yeah. You know, we've, we've started the planning process, you know, a month ago. Um, I think we've been compiling some stories. I think we're going to have some commit capsules, uh, we'll call them that will run throughout the day. So, um, you know, the site's going to be loaded with stuff, you know, we'll keep that live blog going, um, you know, of guys, you know, the second that they sign, we'll get that updated. Um, you know, we'll come up with some grades, uh, at, at the end of the day. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have you know much more analysis. Uh, you know, if you look around in the last, you know, really since the early signing period has happened, um, things have been pretty quiet on wisconsin and you know they've had some late additions but you know there hasn't been any really huge late splashes there hasn't been any really huge uh decommitments at the end um you know that's a credit to the staff for identifying guys um you know and you know locking them up and you know making sure that they follow through with that process right up until the very end so uh, i think that's a credit to the coaching staff that there hasn't been a lot of drama at the end um you know you mentioned um you know, when we went into this first early signing period, you know, there was a lot of guys that said, Yeah, we're going to sign. And there was a handful of guys who said, You know, I'm not really sure if I'm going to sign early. Um, Wisconsin really made it a point to say, Hey, if you don't sign with us, uh, you know, on December, whatever day it is during the early period, then we consider you uncommitted. And they haven't had an issue with that, you know, since since the start of the early signing period. And I would expect that all 17 guys that they have committed right now. Uh, We'll absolutely sign with them uh, come Wednesday.
0: Again, wisconsin.rivals.com, badgerblitz.com. Check out John and I on Twitter. We're going to be retweeting. We're going to be tweeting out profiles. we got a lot going on. And we're going to switch to basketball in a second. But just to make sure, too, with the basketball team, hey, it's before the holidays. If you're looking for a good present for fans, uh, for your family that are fans of the Cardinal and White Make sure, of course, Wisconsin takes on Milwaukee on Saturday, December 21st. Coming up, the return of Micah Potter, the debut of Micah Potter as a Wisconsin Badger against the Milwaukee Panthers, and there's no better way to do so to take in the game then to have your seat for the game with Vivid Seats. And Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called Vivid Seats Rewards. Now go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program, so you don't have to worry about doing an extra step Thanks to the folks at Vivid Seats. And every purchase is backed by a 100% guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enjoy the rewards loyalty program today. And of course, when it's time to buy new users, enter, pro- enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. One more time, to today's episode of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand-new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7, costs you nothing, and that's right, folks. It's sports coverage that's always on and always free. I think that's what I love most about this. Coverage always focused on the game, tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice for those that – Um, obviously are in their playoff contention right now for fantasy football and something we deeply care about here, gambling picks and analysis to get that extra edge, especially those let's say about Heisman watch. I've been hearing all about all the gambles and the bets about Joe Burrow and people winning big money there. CBS sports HQ I'm guessing can help you out there as well. And I know, Uh, When I turn on CBS Sports HQ, I'll see the tips and trends. I need to win my bets. And don't forget, you can access all this coverage completely free. It's completely, totally free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone. You can use an Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or any other connected device to watch CBS Sports HQ. And no fake debates, just sports for real sports fans all at the great price of completely free. You don't have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. We're gonna take one more break, folks, just to pay one more bill. Come back on the badgerblitz.com podcast. Welcome back to the Badger Blitz.com podcast. Alongside editor recruiting analyst extraordinaire John McNamara, I'm senior writer Jake Okarowski here in the Vivid Seats studio, and thank you again for letting us pay the bills. That's how we are able to generate the funds to go travel and make, of course, get all the great coverage for Wisconsin Badgers athletics. And we're going to switch our attention from recruiting on the football side to the court, Greg Guard's men's basketball team, rough loss in Piscataway uh, in the 72-65 loss to the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, Last week, John Wisconsin sits five and five through ten games. They do get Micah Potter back, and we'll talk about the impact that he could make in the coming couple weeks. But a rough go, five and five, and you have good home cooking at the Kohl Center, but away from Madison, a completely different story.
1: Yeah, I, I I told myself I would hold off on all hot takes about this team until uh, Micah Potter came back and. I think I'm going to continue to try to do that. Uh, you know, it's, they, they paid, played so poorly in Brooklyn um, only to bounce back and, uh, you know, kind of suck you back in against Indiana where you said, hey, you know, this team looks pretty good when they're making shots. And then they go, you know, back to Rutgers and, you know, another poor performance. So uh, again, I, I don't think Mike Potter is going to come and, and be some sort of, you know, savior uh, of this team for all that ails it. But I think he helps up quite a bit as a guy that, you know, is going to provide some relief for Nate Reavers and, you know, maybe is going to provide the opportunity for a Ford to come off the bench for, you know, any, a number of positions, um, you know, can provide some toughness down low, you know, specifically against a team like Rutgers who just kind of out physical Wisconsin uh, in the post. So uh, I, I, am I'm very interested to see what impact he will have. Again, I don't think he's going to come in and fix everything that's wrong with this team right now. Uh, you know, specifically the outside shooting away from the Cole center. But um, I think he's kind of what this team needs in, in a number of different ways. And um, he, he, we'll see how he looks uh, against UWM. It, it, I think he's going to have a big impact on this team. Uh, we'll just see how much uh, moving forward. Okay,
0: so I normally had based on our. You no, know, every week, just pulling back the curtain folks. I usually, we have an agenda that we send out. John, I had the good first. Should we start with the bad about what's happened through the first 10 games and then end on the good? I'm a positive guy, so I like kind of like being more upbeat at the end, but what should we start off? The, the yeah, that's, the bad?
1: that's fine with me. I mean, the good is not, <laughs> it's not like the best in the world anyhow. So, I mean, the the bad is real bad. The good is pretty decent, I think.
0: <laughs> okay so yeah let's start with the battle let's get that out of the way because i'm a positive guy but you already mentioned it is basically the first thing i mentioned was everything away from the cole center 0-5 they were out rebounded as you already mentioned by Rutgers. a lot of second chance the offensive boards it was what 14 to 3 if i'm not mistaken in terms of offensive rebounds by Rutgers that led to a lot of second chance points uh and we, they probably could have used Micah Potter there but of course that's neither here nor there. And it's not worth going down that rabbit hole about the NCAA at least once again, but uh, you touched on it with the three point shooting and even heading into, you know, that Rutgers game, you had like a way neutral stats. Wisconsin was only shooting 37% from the field before the Rutgers game, just 20% from three point range and even with their free throws, it was 67.7 compared to, I mean, looking at home stats in five games, they're shooting almost 87% in that range. They're shooting 39% at home and then almost 48% from the field overall. You know, like I said, at home with what they've done it to me, it's, it's striking just how bad they've been away from the Cole center.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know what you uh, attribute that to. I maybe the the bouncy, soft, gentle rims of the Cole center. Um, you know, it, anytime a team shoots poorly, I always think back to you know something that Bo Ryan said at a press conference. You know, you know something to the effect of, you know, do you want me to scream at them to to make shots? I think at that time he was referencing the poor free throw shooting that you know they were going through during this stretch. But you know, I, I don't know, you know, what you do to to remedy that. You know, obviously, that, that something that they, you know, work on in practice. Um, you know, they've shown that they can hit shots. You know, specifically at the cold center. I, you know, I just, I just don't know what you do. Uh, you know, when you're when you go through such prolonged cold stretches uh, from deep, it just, it, it, you know, with that, it just makes everything else look look worse too. And it just, you know, the loss that they that they've had. You know, obviously, they've been away from the cold center, but have, have looked really bad. Um, you know I think it's a combination of poor shooting and then you know some of the stuff with effort too you know you don't usually see Wisconsin teams that um, you know aren't on the floor for loose rebounds and and, you know aren't you know giving the energy that that you'd expect over the last you know 20 years so um, you've you've seen some uncharacteristic things from from this program I would say you know looking at you know the the kind of you know handful of years in total Um, and you know Will that change with Micah Potter? I don't know. You know, it's remains to be seen, but there's a there's a lot of areas to clean up here moving forward.
0: You know, looking at that Rutgers game just in general, and Rutgers did knock off was a number 22 Seton Hall earlier, you know, or late last week too. So it wasn't just, you know, they got trounced by a top 25 team. They actually beat someone at, you know, a, seat, a ranked Seton Hall team at home. But, you know, looking at Wisconsin's first half, they shot 55, almost 55% from the floor and over 45% from three point range. And that included the, you know, of course the three pointer at the end of the half by Trevor Anderson, who played, you know, while there was in double figures for that matter. But in the second half, they shot only three of 12 from deep and overall just 42%. So you saw that, but one thing I forgot to mention too, turnovers just seems this team can pick them up quickly and accumulate in snowball for that matter. And, I think you saw that especially Wisconsin gosh I'm looking at the points off of turnovers 22 of Rutgers 72 points came off of turnovers and Wisconsin had 14 of them and you've seen that too throughout the course of the of the year so far through 10 games where you know they had a good stretch against Indiana where they only committed four the second half against NC State they they shored themselves up after a rough first half but to me, it just seems like they are a little bit more turnover-prone than teams in the past.
1: Oh, right. And, right, and that's, that's another uncharacteristic thing. You, I mean, you, you're not used to seeing, you know, Wisconsin teams turn over the ball at the clip that they have. And, um, you know, it just seems that they, they get in these stretches where, you know, that's all that they do. You know, the game just becomes so choppy where they're, you know, they're not hitting shots and they're turning the ball over. It just, it's just odd. You know, if you followed this team for the last twenty years or so, um, you know the the principles that you know that I you know I guess Dick Bennett set forth and Bo Ryan uh, continue to to you know follow and and make such a point to to adhere to, you know the the turnovers and uh, you know not getting on the floor for rebounds and you know not being the team that out hustles the other team. It's just. You know, there, there's some things that kind of are glaring things because I think if you look at it, just kind of the total picture of what you're used to and what you're seeing now, it just doesn't seem to mesh. So, again, um, you know there's a, there's a lot of, of the season left to be played, and you have seen some bright spots, um, you know, and they, they come when the team is hitting shots. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this team rebounds from, from where they're at right now. Um, still a lot to play for, but, um, you know, this could very quickly, you know, with the schedule that they, they have ahead of them, Turn into a season that's looking very much more NIT than it is NCAA.
0: That being said, let's look at the positives for this team. Starting off, you know, we talked about the home cooking, so you don't I won't rehash those stats, but Kobe King is starting to, in my opinion, emerge more and more. You like what he's done on the court. There's an aggressiveness to get on the inside for the most part. I think he started to establish it more the past few games uh obviously he had a little bit of an ankle injury i think you know early on too it's not his knee that patella that he injury they suffered a couple of years ago it was a, an ankle injury that i remember going into a practice earlier this season and and then all of a sudden i'm seeing him walk off the court needing help but he he's back and obviously he's i think he's more aggressive you're seeing that and it's a nice inside presence that you didn't see last year from him where maybe an ethan hap display that more he's second on the team in points with nearly 13 12.8 adding about four rebounds a game you want lo- you want to see that out of king and i think he's been an overwhelmingly large positive for the for this team where where it needed to be more and i think that his presence is needed even more even with michael potter coming back and pr- you know providing some rebounding presence here and there his ability to get to the rim, to slash, to get a ball, you know the ball in the post, it's going to be needed for the Big Ten season, and I I think he's starting to feel more aggressive. I think he he realizes how much the team needs him, and I think he's going to I think he's going to continue to attack the rim when he's given an opportunity.
1: Yeah, and you know not to look too far down the line, but that, that's what I was thinking when I was watching uh, you know Jonathan Davis on on Saturday night uh, at Milwaukee, Washington is, you know, w- you know, Wisconsin just needs more players like this. You know, you talked about Davis, or I, I'm sorry, you talked about Kobe, Kobe King being a slasher and a guy that can get to the rim. Uh, you know, he's he's really kind of the only guy on the current roster that can do that. And, you know, that's that's very much a strength of, of Johnny Davis is a guy that, you know, is just constantly looking to get to the rim. Uh, you know, a big time leaper. He can finish in traffic, uh, real good around the basket. Um, you know, I th- think he'll, be, he'll definitely be a welcome addition. That was just kind of my, you know, overall, you know, thought as I was watching him play is that, you know, Wisconsin really needs more guys like him on the, on the current roster.
0: You know, right now, King 47.6% field goal shooter. I mean, he's hit a couple of three pointers, uh, five of a 19 only 26%, but he, you see the presence that he's making on the inside game and that's huge 71% free throw shooter I guess that goes to my next point. Nate Reavers, when it comes to just what he's done, I think he's, I mean, in all the games that he's played, he's, well, okay, nine out of the 10. He's averaged double digits in points. He leads the team in scoring right now, 14.5. Also averages, he leads the team in rebounds, 5.2. So you're seeing an uptick there from him when it comes to his ability to, grab the board. So I think that's going to be elevated more with Potter. He'll have some more help there. A uh, little bit of foul trouble here and there, but 25 blocks leads the team as well. So 2.5 per contest heading into the Milwaukee on Saturday, but he, in my opinion, I think it's three points. You need to step up a little bit more, just about 30%, but overall he's provided some inside presence as well. And especially against in Indiana, both him and King combined for, you know, 44 of the team's 84 points.
1: Right. I think that's, you know, Nate Reavers is really going to benefit from from Micah Potter coming back. Um, you know, he's had to play a lot of minutes, you know, in, in stretches in, in Brooklyn um, over that two-game stretch. I thought he looked gassed at certain times. Uh, but Wisconsin just doesn't have options behind, you know, him and Aleem Ford. You, you saw little spurts of Nate, um, of I'm sorry, of Joe Hedstrom Against Indiana, and he just kind of looked a step slow and and just kind of out of place. Again, you know, a redshirt freshman is still getting his feet wet, but, um, you know, they just don't have anyone behind, you know, the Ford and Reavers right now. So, you know, putting a guy like Potter there, you know, a guy who's played Big Ten basketball, a guy that you can give a lot of minutes to, and and a guy who can be physical down low and take some of that burden off of Nate Reavers will be huge. Um, You know, I think that, that that's. You know, certainly one of the things if if you're trying to be optimistic about you know the future of this this season here is you know Potter just being another body for them down low that they so desperately need right now.
0: I know we already talked about Micah Potter to a good extent, so maybe we won't talk about necessarily on the court type impact because we've I'm not going to repeat some of the points you've already mentioned, John. But just from a perspective of obviously we're the media, we remain objective, but this has to be a big matchup for. Him a big game coming up this weekend where he sat for how long? What over seems like 18 months since he last played a basketball game. He's had to go through the NCAA appeals process, been denied, obviously, has not suited up yet in Cardinal and White in an official game time capacity outside of what the red white scrimmage just a couple months ago. But what do you foresee in terms of, I, I guess, just emotions? it has to be hard for a player to keep those emotions bottled up in, in such an atmosphere like the Cole center right before the holidays, you know, in-state opponent, which I know Milwaukee is not necessarily a big time opponent, but it, it has to be some, I'm expecting some sort of release by him uh, on Saturday and heading into the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I can't imagine what this has been like and what Saturday will be, be like for, for him. Um, you know like you said you know, you could say what you want about the ncaa um but you know he's he's had to wait a very long time for a guy who you know seemingly handled everything the appropriate way and a guy that got letters from his old schools, you know advocating for him to be able to to play and and not sit out 10 games a season so um you know that's kind of unfortunately now water under the bridge you know he's he sat those games out and yeah. I, I can't imagine what Saturday is going to be like for him. He's, he's a guy that's had to watch a lot of basketball, um, you know, without being able to go out there and help his teammates. So um, I'm sure he's, he's ready to go. Um, I, I'm sure he's in, you know, practice shape, you know, does that make him you know, game shape ready? I think he's probably as close as he can be. Um, you know, he's, I'm sure he's had this date circled on his calendar for, for quite some time. Um, you know, it's just a, it's, a, it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, you know, you're happy to see him finally get a chance to be able to play. Um, and you know, he's, he's going to help this team quite a bit, I think. Um, and you know, he's, yeah, I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see him play because you've been even as, as, as media, you've been waiting a long time to see Micah Potter play and, and what he can do for this Wisconsin team.
0: Do you think based off of expectations, John, in terms of how this team's performed so far and what just we know about how he played at Ohio state or what players have said during scout team performances, do you feel like the expectations are too high for him for him in your opinion?
1: Too high for Potter.
0: Yeah. Just in terms of maybe just the hype where this, you, know, like you mentioned, he's not going to be a savior, but do you feel like he's going to be, do you feel like expectations might be too high in terms of from the fan base in terms of what he could bring?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's a good thought, um, you know, especially where the team is at right now. You know, like I said, if you think he's going to come in and cure everything, that's that's probably not going to be the case. Uh, but you know, I, I think you know if you're if you're looking what he did at Ohio State, you know, he wasn't putting up huge numbers. I think there's a reason why you know he wasn't you know in Ohio State's future plans, and I think there's a reason why he wanted to to look at some different options. Um, but he's kind of what Wisconsin needs right now. You know, Wisconsin has some pretty good depth. Uh, in the backcourt, they have guys there that they can rely on. They have zero depth, uh, you know, in, in the frontcourt. You know, with, they have Aleem Ford right now, and they have Nate Reavers, two guys who are playing a ton of minutes. Um, you know, one of the bright spots has been Tyler Wald, being able to come in as a true freshman and, and kind of be a guy who can play wherever you need him to play. Um, you know, he's he's going to be important moving forward this year and, and certainly beyond. Um, but to, to have another body, you know, and, and being a junior too, you know, he, so he's – he's been through, you know, college weight program and he's, he's been through the rigors of a big 10 season. So, you know, for him to come in and have that experience, um, you know, both physically and mentally, I think is going to be big. Uh, But like you said, maybe the expectations are too high for a team that, you know, is really looking for something to kind of spark them and and get them on uh, the right track, you know, as they go into the thick of big 10 play. You mentioned
0: Tyler wall real quick. And, before we end the podcast, let's just talk about him. I've tweeted a couple of times where I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Wall's going to be a special player for Wisconsin. You're already starting to see those signs, a couple of hustle plays, some offensive rebounds that then transition where they feed him the ball back and he's hit a three. I mean, he's hitting 44% from three point land right now. But you have to be impressed with a kid that I still think another year in the weight room is going to do wonders for him. But he's provided a, you talk about a spark at times. He's been able to lift up the group coming off the bench and he's made a really positive impact through, through 10 games so far.
1: He has. And I think he's, he's played very well. And just kind of being, you know, around the basketball, whether it be, you know, kind of tipping and and offensive rebound, you know, to continue a possession or, you know, picking up a steal or being very good around the basket with both hands. You know, I, I think he's been great, you know, in, in the role that he's played. Uh, for Wisconsin, you know, he's being asked to play a little bit of the four. Uh, you know, when he's you know going in for Ford, you know, he's probably a guy who could play the three and the four. Um, but yeah, he's been very good for Wisconsin. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a glue guy that does you know a little bit of everything pretty well.
0: Now we'll we'll talk more possibly some basketball maybe with at the end of our national signing day podcast coming up. We'll see how that goes. But John, the Rolls Bowl, obviously coming up in just a couple of weeks. Badger blitz has a special promotion with prime sport going on. Feel free to tell our listeners and our subscribers what they could expect from that type of ticket package.
1: Yeah. If if you're been kind of mulling it or looking to pull the trigger on a deal still, you know, prime sport, I just checked in with our representatives today and uh, there's still some excellent travel packages available. um, You know, not just for the Rose bowl game, but you know, everything that goes in, in into that week, you know, be it the, the Rose Bowl parade, and if you need a place to stay, they have hotels, they have flights, they they have restaurants, they have they have everything that you need, uh, all wrapped into one. So, so there's some excellent packages still available, and again, it's not too late if you were thinking about making a trip to the Rose Bowl. Uh, it, you can absolutely do that for for some excellent prices. Um, you know, their stuff is littered all over our front page. If you click the banner uh, on our front page, there's a link to that Prime Sport. Uh, you know, page where they have the Wisconsin packages for the Rose Bowl, and uh, you know, I think you'll be very happy with that they have to offer.
0: Absolutely, of course. Go to wisconsin.rivals.com, badgerblitz.com for John at, on Twitter at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, KOCO, and the official Badger Blitz account at Badger underscore Blitz. Be sure to find all of our content, including the travel package from Prime Sport. Up on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers, at or on badgerblitz.com. And of course, with this podcast, make sure you can make sure you listen either on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, tune in, Spotify, click that subscribe button. It's free, folks. All that means that when we have a new episode going up, like tonight and coming up later this week, it'll go instantly to your desktop, laptop, tablet, iPhone, iPad, Android phone. Amazon fire tablet, whatever that you listen to and you subscribe to, it goes instantly to those specific media or avenues there. So be sure to do that. Feel free to leave us feedback. We love it. Five-star feedback is much appreciated. helps us gain more popularity obviously, but please be honest with what you feel about this podcast and just give us feedback we, we we've implemented it throughout the time that we've done this here since we've been part of the overtime media network in the past six months so please continue to do so but on that note we're going to let you all go tune in sometime later this week we're going to ha- have our early signing period episode of the badgerblitz.com podcast coming up y'all have a great start to the week we'll talk to you soon here on the overtime media network